the influence of Rabbi Nachman had on Yeshiva in New York was tremendous. I was a Talmud in Yeshiva from my bar mitzvah on. I was in the middle of the 1950s. I'm still there. Straight. At that time, you often couldn't find every Masikhta in the bookcase. You couldn't always find the whole shots in the bookcase. You had to look different bookcases all around Best Medrash to look this book at that bookcase. Abayim Lechensin always had the four volume shots on this table with the two volume Rambam. So he always looked everything up. Whatever Tyson's quotes said, he always looked it up. So that bow became standard. Probably in this yeshiva, every desk has a, a Rambam and a, and a Shas. There were still some yeshivas in Eretz, but they do not have a Rambam and a Shas in every desk. Big as the yeshivas, but they don't have. They have Rav Kook in every desk, they have Kuzri in every desk, they have Moran Nebuchadnezzar in every desk, but they don't have that terrible. I think that was a tremendous... Rabban Lechensin didn't encourage anyone, but we all saw that that's what he had. And he used all with every day. He used all the six farms, all the four volumes of the shots, and the two volumes. He always used every single day for every single day. Everything always came up. So that was a tremendous influence that he had on the yeshiva. I remember when Rav Soledad would give the shiur, so I would always call on a student to read. So the student, he would ask the student to read the tosis. So he would always ask. Tyson quotes another Gemara. He said, Did you look up the other Gemara? So the student would say, No. A lot of times the student would say, No. So I'm sorry, she would get so angry. He says, You went to university, you didn't get anything out of the university. The university teaches you not to take anybody's word for anything. You took Tyson's word for it. That there's such a Gemara. That's what it says. Maybe there is no such Gemara. Maybe you have a different gear. So maybe Rashi has a different shot. So that was, Rabban Lichtenstein always did that. that he, he picked it up from Absalvechik, whatever. He always looked up whenever Tyson quotes the Gemara. He always looked up the other Gemara, see that if it really exists. And see if that's the only shot. In my life, Rabban Lichtenstein had a tremendous influence. When I graduated college, I learned for smicha, and I learned in the Kailuk. At that time, we learned for smicha. The Kailuk consisted of single people also, not just married people. We learned the whole day. So, uh, you have to make a living, so I was planning to go to law school. Uh, not that I was interested in law, but because law was so similar to Talmud. And I used to learn the Harusa with a fellow who's older than me in the Kailuk, who went to law school. And he told us that those who knew how to learn Gemara found it easier in law school. So I was planning to go to law school because I have to make a Parnassus somewhere and law is the closest thing to uh, Gemara. So someone told Rebaran that I was planning to go to law school so he came over to me. He said, why are you going to law school? You're interested in law? So I said, no. I gave the explanation. So he says, he doesn't think that it's right that a person doesn't make sense. There's so much work and so much reading to do if you're not really interested in law you have no desire, you shouldn't go to law school. So it's all his fault that I'm a Rebbe now. It's not for him, sticking this two cents in, I would not be here. I would become a lawyer. He was involved in my shirikh as well. I didn't discuss with the students, I didn't discuss with my friends when I went out on a date. I didn't talk about it. But uh, some of the boys heard that I was going with a certain girl. So they didn't think that that was the right girl for me. 
So I know someone hadn't spoke to me, they didn't think it's right. So apparently Rabbi Lichnesin was told about it also, that he, I'm going with this girl. So he said he knows the family, he knows the girl, they're very nice people. But he said he thinks I can do much better. That's all he had to say. That was the end of that shit. So the girl that I married over 50 years ago, he said he just celebrated on Thanksgiving weekend, our children came there to Israel, made a surprise uh, 15th wedding anniversary party. The girl that I married was all because of Rabban Lichtenstein. I was going to marry a different girl. Uh, in New York, Rapsalachi used to come in from Boston every week on Tuesday morning. He used to give a share for two hours for the Smicha students, and he gave a share for two hours for the undergraduates, the college students, and Tuesday night he gave a share for the Balabatim for an hour and a half, and then Wednesday morning he gave a share two hours and two hours, and then he went back to Boston. So he wasn't around the whole week. So we needed someone to help us out if we didn't understand the share. He wanted to prepare for next week's share. Also, they should always give Barma Kamis for next week's share. So Rabbi Nechnesin officially said the Chazar Shir before he married Rabbi Salvechik's daughter. Gave the Chazar Shir. So I remember the first few months, I think, when I was in Rabbi Salvechik's Shir, I didn't understand how come he's saying the Shir, he says the Chazar. He should say the Shir, he should say the Chazar. Because Rabbi Nechnesin had learned by Rabbi Salvechik previously, a few years, when Rabbi Salvechik gave a Shir, so he said it bekitzer. Rabban would give the whole archave, and the Chazar Shir he would give the whole picture with all the additional gemaras with all the hazbera. So I thought it was fantastic. So that's why I was wondering. He ought to be the magid Shir. Absolvechik should be the, uh, the assistant to him. But then after a while, I came to realize it's not exactly the same. Absolvechik was a very original thinker. Rabban was saying over very nicely the Chazar Shir. I remember the first time I visited Eretz Yisrael there was a Medina but the, the system not yet, not yet been introduced that everybody goes to study in Eretz Yisrael year between high school and college I, I hadn't I and my wife neither of us had visited Eretz Yisrael till the year after we two years after we got married we came to visit the year after the summer after Mohammed Sheshitayimim so we were touring around all over so I visited Rabbaran. Maybe we had supper by him, or we came one evening. We were sitting and talking. And then he said, This was in the summertime, and then he said, The Yeshiva is going to begin. I should, please, I should feel free to come visit and give Yeshiva whenever I want. So I felt so uncomfortable when I should call him up and tell him I want to visit and give Yeshiva give a Shia. So I didn't do that. So we came to We were here till Chalamoy Tzukas. We had uh, tickets, I think 90 day tickets or so. We had no children at that time. We came, we came to Eretz to be blessed with children, so then we were blessed with uh, nine children. So, um, so we were running around Eretz Yisrael. So when it came to I was staying in Kiryat Arba, I was giving shurim there in the yeshiva, in the hotel for the tourists. And then all the yeshivas, they called me up and they said, we're going to send a taxi, please come, nine o'clock in the morning, come give a shir at ten o'clock on this and this topic. So they invited me the exact time, the exact place, and sure. So I visited all the different yeshivas. So then Chalamay Tzukas had tickets for up, so we had to go back to America. So, I'm Simchas Torah, Binyamin Tabori used to learn Mechavrusa with me. So, Rabban Lichtenstein told Binyamin Tabori, we better get Rav Herschel to give a shir, 
because he said they're going to go back to America. So he said he went back already. Went back. And Chalamai said, "What do you mean he went back? He didn't give you shit in the yeshiva. That was terrible. It was terrible. As if I'm boycotting the yeshiva. I visited ten other yeshivas because the other yeshivas told me to go to pick me up. I should have on this topic. They gave me exactly the time and the place. And here I felt uncomfortable. So two years later, I was again visiting in Kiryat Arba, again giving shiurim in the yeshiva there, the kolel there. So that time, my brother listening said he's going to send." Someone to pick me up. At this time, we're going to daven mincha, whatever, three o'clock. I'm going to give a shir right after mincha. Shoy, and he told me what sugya. Shoy, everything was black and white. So at that time, there were American students here who had a whole fantasy. They made up in their minds that there's a major machlokes between me and Abar Nechmasina Hashkafe. I don't know exactly what the major machlokes was. That we don't hold from each other. Shoy. So Abar was aware of that. So he felt very bad about that. So right after Mincha, he told me, I'm going to give the shir right after Mincha. So I was ready to walk up. So he waves to me. I should wait, he's going to introduce me. So he gave such an introduction, I almost started to cry. He wanted to give an introduction because he knew that there were boys who felt that there's a Machlaikas. Rabbi was ten years, nine years older than me. So he presented it as if, we both learned by Rabbi Soloveitchik, equal, he was the head of the Kala, I learned under him I learned under him he said, I danced at his wedding which is true, he got married, I danced at his wedding he danced at my wedding as if everything was Shavu Bishavu it wasn't Shavu Bishavu, he was my Rebbe he was the head of the Kala but he wanted to dispel this mistaken notion from the students so I remember when I got up after that, I was, I was so moved with the introduction that he gave so whenever I give a shir, I always write down an outline of the shir. I had the outline in my pocket. So I was, I was so moved by the introduction that yeah, I, I was almost in tears. So I walked up and I was so nervous. I didn't know what was happening. So I started giving the shir. I forgot to take the I forgot to take my outline out of my pocket. So then halfway through the shir, I realized I forgot to take it out. But I kept on saying the shir like this. So Rabbi Mikal was so taken. He said, "How can he say such a shir? As if I didn't prepare." I prepared everything written down, but I just I forgot to take it out of my pocket before I started this year. So I don't know why I was embarrassed to take it out of notes. I just gave the rest of this year like that. Rabbaran in the yeshiva, many yeshivas, probably most yeshivas, there was no emphasis placed on Psaq Alokalamais. In the yeshivas in Europe, that was like that. The Litvish yeshivas in Europe, and the Hungarian yeshivas in other countries, they learned Yeridayan yeshivas. They learned Chum with Yeridayan yeshivas. But in the Lithuanian yeshivas, they made fun of uh, those who want to learn halacha l'maisa. They always just learned Tilpa. They didn't learn. The Chazanish, I think, is the one who changed it. Said you have to <laughs> emphasize davening. You have to emphasize Yerushalayim. You have to emphasize. Baron a little bit introduced Halacha Lamaisa. We would talk about different things. He would raise her first, Halacha Lamaisa. Then we would look it up. Even a lot of times he would make a to Rabbi Kibbegas, the Chazanishas, things like that. This is at a time the Chazanish was unknown at that time. We, no one had any volumes of the Chazanish at that time in America. Simply was not available. They weren't printed. They weren't yet reprinted. They were available. That's they weren't reprinted yet. So a lot of times he would say, and he instilled within us 
a little bit, not uh, so much, a little bit, then you have to learn. You have to think in terms of not only the Tilpulashal Torah to analyze all the different opinions, we don't have this like all the opinions, but you have to keep in mind uh, which opinion is accepted. Then he came, came to Eretz Yisrael, was very upset. Because Absolvechik used to say for years that uh, anyone who's in Chinuch Rabbanis and Chutzlarz is not allowed to leave because we're all fighting assimilation, we're fighting intermarriage, and the Rabbanim are the generals in the army, and the general is not allowed to leave until all the soldiers are taken care of and the captain in the ship is not allowed to leave until all the passengers are taken care of. I used to laugh in my heart, what kind of general in the army, what kind of captain of the ship, what's he talking about? So years and years later, somebody gave me the chubas of the Maharam Sheikh. Ram Sheikh was a Talmud of the Hasam Sefer. Hasam Sefer, that's when the reform began. Hasam Sefer a little bit fought with the reform. But then the reform in Hungary became stronger after the passing of the Hasam Sefer. Ram Sheikh was a Talmud of the Hasam Sefer. So he led uh, the battle against reform. So, one of the, uh, the Ram Sheikh had a big yeshiva. So one of the Talmidim of the Marmshik was in Rabbanus in Hungary and he didn't enjoy it. Because Rabbanus just meant that you're fighting with reform. He didn't enjoy it. But he was successful. And he was uh, in the middle 1800s, late 1800s, he was offered a Rabbanus in Eretz Yisrael to move to Eretz Yisrael to sit and learn a whole day to give Shurim at the Pasnajayimus. The Marmshik got eight. So he packed all of his belongings ready to leave. So he sent a letter to his Rebbe, the Marmshik. He wants a bracha on the move. That it should be the Hatzlochen. So Imam Sheikh sends him back a letter. I can't give you a bracha because you're doing Shalom Din. And he writes this Lashen that the Rabbanim are fighting reform. He writes, when you learn to the Yeshiva, they had no right to draft you in the army to join the Rabbanis to fight reform. Many of your classmates went into business. But you volunteered on your own. And you became a general. You became a successful rabbi fighting reform. So he writes, the general is not allowed to leave until all the soldiers are... Imam speaks that word for word. I don't think Rav Soloveitchik ever heard of the Marmshik. If he heard of him, I don't think he ever saw the Jews of the Marmshik. I doubt it. I don't think so. But that that Shuvah of Marmshik, that's the line that Rav Chaim quoted when Rav Kook was chief rabbi in Eretz Yisrael. He corresponded with Rav Chaim He wanted Rav Chaim to retire from Vilna and to move to Eretz Yisrael. So he had a title for him. Rav Kook was the chief rabbi of Eretz Yisrael. And Rabbi Chaim is going to be Reish Kol Bnei Hagoylo. That's going to be his official title, Reish Kol Bnei Hagoylo. And he had a salary for him. He arranged his salary, and he had an apartment for him. Everything was ready. And then the last minute, Rabbi Chaim Moses sends him a letter. He packed out. He says the Rabbanim and Vilnius saying that I'm still needed over here. And he refers to this Chuvas Marmshit that whoever is still needed in Chutzlords has to stay in Chutzlords. Yeah, Rabbi Shmuel with Talmidim of Rabbi Yudal Nasi, they learned in Eretz Yisrael. And they picked themselves up and they went to Chutzlots because they felt they were needed. There weren't enough yeshivas there. The Gemara says, Rav Biko Matzah Bogeda. Rav Biko Matzah Bogeda Bogeda. When Rav came to Bobo, it was like the Wild West. Everything was Hefke. The people didn't know the basic dinam of Basel Bechol, of Taras HaMishpacher, Shabbos. They didn't know the basic elementary dinam. So Rav made a yeshiva. One city, Shmuel made a yeshiva. Another yeshiva, another city. And they built up Torah learning till they have the whole Talmud Babli. All the Talmidim are Rabbi Shmuel. The Talmud Babli is fantastic. We follow the Talmud Babli. Usually whenever there's a, 